welcome back. This is Vishana for Winning Edge Talks. You will now be listening to the part two of my conversation with Mr. Prince Goyal. Thinking about the, how a sports psychologist could help uh, the gaming teams in uh, handling their stress uh, in order and to uh, come together and play more as a team and to get, get more uh, uh, from their um, uh, mm-hmm. to their mental performance and contribute right. more towards uh, winning. Right, right. I mean, uh, so from from my perspective, I feel uh, the role is mainly related to, uh, let's say you have a certain type of player who is, I mean, who's an amazing player in practices and who's an amazing player when you have uh, a low profile match and but uh, when it comes to bigger stages they are consistently underperforming right so clearly uh, at times these are issues of uh, stage frights and uh, and that's where uh, the nerves coming and uh, sports psychologists uh, are probably and these to ensure that you know players perform to their maximum potential because it's one thing uh, playing in practice and it's completely different thing playing in a big tournament. So uh, at the end of the day, an ideal situation is where a player is playing to their full potential and perhaps more, I mean, when it comes to bigger tournaments. So uh, these are the aspects of a sports person. I, I feel a sports psychologist can help. Thank you, Mr. Press. Uh, of late, I've seen... Uh, lot of kids, you know, even in their uh, teenage, taking a lot of interest towards uh, playing these games like the PUBG and the Counter-Strike and I don't know exactly what are the other games available. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and they, uh, we, can't, we can't call it addiction. They're so passionate about this and constantly there's a friction in the families about this. Uh, because, you know, since uh, good old times, we always believe that education, later on a job can give us mm-hmm. a secure future and it's more uh, secure and right. less less uh, risk involved. But I, I can mm-hmm. see of late that a lot of children want to make this a profession and they've been reading about it, seeing on the uh, on the internet, I know that uh, yes, mm-hmm. um, they can make a profession out of this. A lot of uh, friction is there in the families as I have noticed as a given as a career counselor. Now, what have you to say to parents and young gamers in India? Um, see, uh, we can, uh, honestly, in this field, uh, even uh, cricket is a great example. Uh, I remember uh, when even I used to play cricket, my parents were never happy about it. All they always wanted me to do is study. And uh, if that were the case, we wouldn't get a Sachin, we wouldn't get a Kohli, we wouldn't get all the great guys that we've gotten in the country because of cricket. Uh, so see, uh, I can understand from the perspective of parents that they would want, uh, their child to have a stable income and not, uh, you know, be, I mean, not going hungry and stuff like that, because that is sort of the background, uh, uh, since independence, uh, as a country, we've been trying to fight, right? I mean, uh, from a place where uh, there was a lot of po- poverty and to a place today where uh, middle class is growing like anything and overall the the wealth of the country is growing. Uh, so now uh, it's, it's, 
it's high time that uh, people realize that uh, everyone is going to go into a handful of professions as a country we will never see growth and we would always be uh, suppliers of engineers and accountants and stuff like that for the entire world which is what we do right now we produce so many engineers there i mean most of them are sort of exported to the world and it's it's always uh, like i said any field uh, you pursue if you excel in it you will do you will do pretty well and uh, what i would like to say here is that uh, parents should uh, try to identify uh, what their child uh, is uh, passionate about what he's good at what his strengths are and uh, and of help them grow in that rather than forcing their opinion or their idea of a life onto them uh, i would uh, request the participants to unmute their audios and ask mr prince goel if they have any doubts or queries any questions uh, they want to Have with regard yes, to gaming, gaming sports. Brad had a question. Yes, yes. Hello, Mr. Brad. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, come in now. Uh, yeah, thank you once again, Prince, for all the you know information you have been providing, insights in the industry, especially you touched mm-hmm. upon a lot of points, uh, right from you know parenting to uh, the mindset of the players themselves and the industry and things of that nature. So, uh, me coming from and then also a lot of. Uh, good analogies uh, of you know playing cricket and how it, it could be related to esports and uh, right. things of that nature so you know i myself having played uh, cricket uh, all my life i still continue to play at some professional cricket level uh, so in cricket or major other sports uh, uh, when it comes to talent scouting or just in general how uh, people mm-hmm. are weeded out or talent identified uh, uh, we live in a world where uh, things come naturally at least the digital interaction for for a kid like you know people starting uh, for a one year old kid to two year old kid uh, you know interaction on a cell phone comes so naturally mm-hmm. to them and uh, but if you look at it we could easily identify if someone is good or not maybe they will uh, come good later in their lives but then you can mm-hmm. easily tell if someone is going to play on you know higher level or not uh, so right. you know how does talent scouting happen uh, in this industry in terms of because you know pretty much it looks like uh, a lot of kids are good um, with digital interaction and gaming and sports uh, but in the long run you know yeah what what, what does it look like um no i mean prat it's not the case that uh, just because they are good at digital interaction uh, they possess the skill set uh, to be a good esports player uh, i mean uh, for example like you said uh, because uh, we cricket have been around for a while and it's easy for us to uh, identify certain things uh, let's say the spin or the pace of a bowler uh, but i would say most people would be able to throw a ball but that does not mean that most people would make a good bowler so same way if they are uh, i mean because it's a digital world they are exposed to gadgets the whole time i mean as kids one year olds have phones in their hand and it's only a matter of time especially at the pace at that age a person learns uh so they are used to it but again uh, depending on the game there are certain parameters that we look for and uh, uh, what are uh, i mean what our plan of uh, doing that is to have our gaming cafes where we get people who play participate in these ground level tournaments and have the scouting there it's sort of like uh, if you see those low level cricket tournaments which are happening let's say whether they are inter apartment tournaments and there's always some guy who's good there who will go to a next stage of tournament and hence uh, i mean that would be the first place where you would out if you were to go down a completely at the ground level so same way let's say you look you're looking for a player who's uh, 
for a game called Counter Strike. So it depends on how precise their mouse movements are. Everyone can move a mouse, yes, but uh, can you move it that precisely? Can you move it that fast? So various uh, parameters depending on the game using which uh, scouting can happen. And uh, at this point, we still don't have. Uh, uh as good players uh, at a young age uh, because not not a lot of people are taking this uh, as you know i mean as a full time hobby at a young age for example pe- kids would start playing cricket at a very young age i would say maybe 3 4 years and they're playing uh, just because they have gadgets doesn't mean they're playing games like counter strike at a young age Uh, for example, one of the top teams uh, in Counter Strike is Astralis, and one of their top players he started playing Counter Strike at an age of five. I mean, uh, so that that is a huge difference versus uh, what we see in our country that uh, most of these games people start adopting at college level. So in most cases, it's already too late for them to become a great player because they are. Uh, i mean the best time where they adapt something is sort of gone they can be good players but again i i honestly believe unless uh, uh, we are at a place where as a culture people are playing games or whatever sport you want to pick uh, from a young age it would be very difficult to produce uh, great talent right yeah it, it makes a lot of sense uh, so uh, eff if allowed i'll uh, go in with uh, one more question right Right. Yeah. Once again, uh, uh, this comes from a background with cricket, and from uh, mm-hmm. from my understanding of how esports is growing uh, around the world, and uh, seeing what's happening in the United States uh, without uh, action or real sports mm-hmm. uh, or traditional sports happening, uh, you know, M- MLBs and the N- NFLs and the NHLs, so mm-hmm. they use esports, traditional sport, as an extension to engage the fans and to keep uh, the audience uh, entertained. and uh, they've been you know having these tournaments uh, and it's great uh, because we just don't have any live sport at the moment and then it's at least something to offer uh, to right, the crowd right uh, in, in a country like india and uh, cricket also being one of the world's uh, you know top sport or mm-hmm. you could if you will, uh, it is second most popular sport in the world why why is not there uh, an extension of cricket in the form of course we have the cricket esports but then uh, why is it not um, as popular as some of the other uh, sports like the mlb show or the madden um, fifa 21 and things of that nature you know how far right. are we and uh that's that's honestly a very uh, good point right i mean it it pains me to see that uh, there are very few uh, decent uh, cricket games uh, because uh, if you look at it uh, the major cricket playing nations for example england australia india these are uh, compared to let's say a football which is played across the world and a lot of it a lot of it is played in europe uh, so now whatever games even in cricket that we've had most of it has been developed mainly in england by uh, maybe the companies there and in australia i mean i've i've done a lot of background check on that and it's mostly that and now we see a lot of people especially uh, you see a lot of vr games on cricket or vr devices where uh, in uh, uh, pubs and all you you can play uh, cricket on a vr headset and uh, so a lot of development is happening on this in india as we speak uh, but uh, how far are we from uh, launching a very good cricket game which can be Uh, taken up as esports like fifa uh, is today uh, i do not know uh, but uh, i'm sure uh, i mean people are trying to make a good cricket game and uh, that is where uh, 
it's because the number of people and especially uh, countries like us who are not at all involved in games like cricket uh, and, and majority of europe it's a challenge it's a challenge to have uh, a decent cricket game but i'm sure uh, i mean at this point a lot of people in india are working on a, a decent game for cricket Yeah, thank you once again. Hopefully, yeah, I hope uh, ICC is. Of course, in ICC and BCCI they do their homework, but uh, I hope mm-hmm. they hear a lot of this, and at some point, uh, you know, they will come up with the game. And uh, to your point, you rightly mentioned that you know some of the top games are usually uh, done by the 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 EA sports, um, you know, Australia in conjunction with uh, you know Canada, USA, and Europe, and of course China. But a lot of these places, uh, uh, yeah, doesn't necessarily have cricket as a traditional or a mainstream sport. So right. yeah, it's quite right. interesting. developments there thank you prat for those questions okay mr prince uh, something struck my mind and uh, we have to remind ourselves that the whole world is going through this uh, digitization boom and uh, there are a lot of opportunities in the uh, digital industry and um, after this uh, corona lockdown period the uh-huh. as far as e game e sports and gaming is concerned it has grown by 20% uh, is what i read now uh, in this uh, with the digitization industry right after the lockdown more and more people taking to uh, e sports and gaming do you see mm-hmm. a massive uh, uh, growth in uh, e sports all over the world in the future absolutely absolutely i mean uh, see obviously during this time since there is no other sport uh, i'm not sure where you got the 20% statistic from uh, but in terms of viewership uh, it was almost five fold during the lockdown uh for okay. a lot of uh, esports events and uh, in terms of uh, the number of players i mean uh, almost every game saw a huge spike in the number of players during the lockdown because uh, i mean there was nothing else for people to do and people who weren't normally following esports as well probably they too were now since this is the only available sport in a sense but i don't see i don't see these numbers uh, to sustain of course i mean but they they will definitely help uh, in terms of uh, uh, the growth of uh, esports uh, and uh, it's it's not like uh, the numbers are going to be five times uh, once things are back to normal but uh, yeah i mean there is there is continuous increase in viewership sponsorship uh, number of players being added to the ecosystem as an industry as an industry esports is uh, is just constantly growing and uh, whether it is these times or when things go back to normal uh, nothing really changes there are people who have inclination towards esports there are people who have inclination towards sports you cannot convince somebody who plays esports to get into a cricket or football and perhaps it's the other way around uh, yes they would uh, experience these things when it's not an option uh, but otherwise uh, i mean these are different people uh, do you see esports uh, i wouldn't say replace uh, conventional sports but uh, not challenge all, not challenge conventional sports and give it a run for its money Uh, no not at all the world is big enough for uh, everything really everything. and uh, okay. they will okay. they will coexist and okay. uh, like prat pointed out uh, okay. uh, a lot of uh, a lot of football teams are actually co- uh, have started their esports teams as well so it's it's basically uh, going to be a coexistence environment it's not it's not going to be that traditional sport is going to uh, kill the esports or vice versa it's it's uh like i said there are two different entities and they are going to coexist then um, 
uh, I went to Mumbai and I heard from people that uh, yeah, recently, I think it was in 2018, a big tournament was held there. Uh, I don't know if you were involved in that or been there. Right, right. Uh, so can we, you just describe how the there. tournament? Uh, yes. We were there. I mean, we had a, a PC stall at the tournament. It was ESL Dota event and it was sponsored uh, mainly by Intel. Intel is one of the companies who has invested heavily in esports uh, across the world. And they are, they are frankly, the reason the industry was alive for a long time when uh, probably it was very difficult to sustain. And uh, I mean, uh, this was a very big tournament. Some of the best players from the world had... Uh, uh, participated in the tournament. It happened in a big arena in Worli, Mumbai, uh, and uh, it was it was actually a great sight. So I mean, on the stage there were these two teams in front of you. The whole thing is casted on a big screen, and uh, I mean, it's 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 a good experience. I would say, like uh, somebody who goes to a cricket stadium watches the match from the for the first time. Yes, it's very different from watching on the TV. Uh, there are pluses and minuses for both, and uh, at the same time, so this was this was also a very different experience. And uh, the viewership is growing. Uh, it's it's not still like uh, international tournaments where stadiums are just packed and uh, it's a different uh, environment altogether. Uh, but uh, we are seeing growth, and uh, more and more tournaments are gonna come up. I mean. Uh, hopefully one is going to happen such a tournament of such scale in Bangalore in the next few years. And uh, uh, this is what we hear, uh, but it remains to be seen. What about the glitter and uh, glamour and all those? Yeah, I mean, it's all there, right? It's, it's, it's uh, any big tournament needs that and has that. And uh, uh, so like with any sport, there are, there's the media crew, there's everything. There's all those things, honestly. I mean, it's uh, when you, when you see all this uh, as, as a person who hasn't ever been exposed to esports as well, you will, you will realize uh, that, uh, I mean, this, this is uh, like a real sport. I mean, this is as uh, it, it has more similarities than it has differences compared to any other sport. So, I mean, uh, that uh, does go with any sport, I would say, the glamour of it. What would be a basic cost of uh, a family, a normal family, to set up an e-sports um, system in their, in their home? Oh, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. I mean, uh, so that's what we are also trying to fix uh, as a gaming PC company. So... Uh, our systems, uh, so we we have Intel uh, IEM certified systems, which is one of the biggest tournaments, which is the biggest tournament for Counter-Strike. So we are the only company in India who offers that. So they are the tournaments which are designed for esports professionals. And uh, But for, let's say, a beginner, I mean, uh, you don't you don't buy a bat, which, uh, let's say, a Sachin or a Kohli uses. You start with something lower. And same way, a system like that, uh, currently the costs have reduced so much that that you can get a really, really powerful system for somewhere around 50,000 and uh, with with a lifespan of perhaps a good three to four years. Uh, and, uh, and costs are, uh, because technology is also competitive, we see a lot of new hardware coming in every day and uh, with competition, it's, it's, it's a good place for the consumer and also esports players. Does it come with financing uh, to help people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything and is... EMIs and installments and yes, that kind, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we also read that uh, the Silicon City of Bangalore 
has contributed a lot, a long way in uh, developing games as uh, uh, giving them software and other things. Uh, what do you have to say about? Uh, no, I mean, uh, Bangalore is sort of considered the Silicon Valley of India. We have a lot of IT companies here. We have a lot of game studios here. and uh, uh, But the overall culture is spreading to other cities in India as well. Uh, you see a lot of that happening across India and even in tier two, tier three cities, which is very heartening to see. And uh, like I said, uh, we, are, we are just uh, a few... Uh, I mean, some time away from publishing something major, whether it's going to be a cricket game or is it going to be some in something else? Uh, I do not know, but uh, there is there are a lot of people investing in uh, game development in India right now, and yeah, Bangalore is at the, the sort of heart of it. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Prince, for coming on the show. You've thrown so much light on what uh, e-gaming and e-sports is all about. You quell the fears and dispel so much of misconceptions that was uh, with the people and right. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Vishwanath. I'm always uh, uh, trying to help people make an informed decision rather than having a knee-jerk reaction so to things. You are one of those who's contributing a lot to this uh, gaming industry. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Pratt. Thank you, others, for uh, coming on the show. Thank you so much. With this, we'll end this show. Thank you. Bye.